Well, I think we're ready. Well, it's been a while, isn't it? Uh, last week I was in uh, Stonehouse, uh, which is quite nice, uh, sharing over there. And I, I shared, um, we're speaking on one, one another there, I, I, I spoke on uh, love one another, which I felt was really important. But I, I don't know about you, but this whole series so far just has screamed out that message again and again. We must love one another. Whatever we throw in front of that, the, the real message is we've got to love one another. We've got to be there for one another. We've got to care. We've got to spend time. We've got to build up one another. So uh, today we're looking at uh, what we're looking at uh, be hospitable to one another. So let's uh, read from the scriptures together. This is uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. It says this The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace... In, in various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is Romans chapter 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual uh, fervor uh, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So, uh, so that's that's where we're up to. So, for me, as I was looking through the series, the, the big question is, uh, why be hospitable? Why? Well, 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 what's the point of it? You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm probably along the line of the grumbly type. You know what I mean? You know they're vegans. Do we really want them in the house? Um, but, but the, so I've come up with three reasons. The first one is, well, why should we do this? It's, it's because we're family. It's, we're family. I, I, can, uh, I can remember whinging to my mum. Bible college used to give us weekends off. Okay, I lived uh, in, in Edinburgh, or just on the outskirts of Edinburgh. The Bible college I went to was in Pembroke, southwest Wales. They have a bus that doesn't go from Edinburgh, it goes from Glasgow. So that's another hour from Edinburgh to Glasgow. The bus takes 13 hours from, from Glasgow to Pembroke. And from Pembroke to Glasgow, somehow, it's only 12 and a half hours. <laughs> Baffles me, it's uphill. Um, Jet stream. Is that what it was? <laughs> and I used to think, uh, so they say, oh, you can have the weekend off. I thought, well, they give you an extra day. They give you the Friday, the Saturday, and then the Sunday. You had to be back for Monday morning lectures at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, so if I left Friday, I'd be home for the evening, and then I'd have all day Saturday, and then I'd have to be up early Sunday morning to get back to college Sunday night. So spend two days on a bus, and I said to my mum, there's no point in me coming home for one day. 
And, uh, and they kept throwing these weekends out all the time. All these students are going off having fun. And there's me, Mr. No Mates, sat around, yeah, it is, sat around at college by myself. And then my mum said, you know, you've got cousins in Wales. Why don't you go visit one of them? I went, I've got cousins. That sounds fun. And what are they called? <laughs> she said, well, one's called Nicola and one's called Sarah. I went, all right. I think I'll go visit. So I phoned up Sarah, because she was the only one I seemed to find a number for. I went, hi, Sarah. And she went, who is this? I went, I'm your cousin. <laughs> She's like, really? <laughs> I went, sort of. <laughs> but actually, my mum and your dad are cousins, and we're former related. And she's like, right, what do you want? I went, I want to come visit. Do <laughs> why? That's <laughs> it. Because I haven't got any, anywhere else to go. <laughs> I want a weekend off. And she said, oh, well, excellent. Well, come. I'll meet you at the bus station in Cardiff. So when all the students were going off the thing, I went off with family. And I get to Cardiff and I get off the bus. And I'm standing there thinking, we should have said something about, I don't know, red roses in, in our pockets or something. But I'm, I'm looking around going, how will I recognize who my cousin is. So um, it, we didn't have mobile phones back then, so I had to go and find a pay phone. I went, Mum, what does Sarah look like? And she went, I've no idea. When she was a kid, she had black hair. I went, fine, that's all I need to know, black hair. Anyway, this stranger came out of the crowd, came up and gave me this big hug, and she said, lovely to meet you. And I thought, so tempting, so I did. I went, who are you, you weirdo? Get your arms off. <laughs> she said, oh, I thought you were my cousin. I went, I am. <laughs> oh, and we, we went back to, to her place. We, we went out in the evening. I got to meet all our friends. We had fun. We ate together. Uh, she had, on, on the Sunday, she had to go and do something, so she left me keys so I could go in and out. You wouldn't do this to any other stranger, would you? But to family, even though distant... I was made very welcome. And over the next year uh, or 18 months, I, I found myself going to visit her quite a lot. We became uh, sort of friends. Family. You know, we are family. We're family because that's how God, God made us. Um, there's, there's, oh, has it got the verse? And let's check. Yeah, there's a verse. This is 1 John 3. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. Isn't it fantastic that God is our Father? Isn't that great? Everywhere we go, He is there. You know I mean, we can speak to Him at any point, we can cast all our cares in him. He, 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 he knows about us. He knows how we think. He loves us no matter what. It's fantastic. But the other side of that coin is, if God is our father, that makes you uh, relatives. You can choose your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives, aren't you? <laughs> we are family. We are called to be there for one another. Some family's cool, isn't it? I've got an auntie. She's called Glenn. She is so cool. She, 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 she just, 
she's just wild, always been wild. She's fun to be with. Uh, last time I met her, we went to a wedding, and she had, um, I was going to say Jackie Chan shoes. It's not, what's the famous shoes? Jimmy Jimmy Choo-Shoes. I prefer Jackie Chan in my mind. And I managed to spill all my drink over a Jackie. Jimmy Choo's shoes. Oh, man, was she, was she funny. <laughs> she was ready to kill me. It was so good. <laughs> but she was a type that she, she walks in a room and the room comes to life. She, she, when she was uh, uh, about 19, she took a driving test and failed. Was so angry, so furious about this that she told everyone she passed. And for the next 25 years, she drove until she got stopped by the police <laughs> and she didn't have a license and was forced to go and do something about it. That's my auntie. She's, she's great fun to be with. Her big sister, my auntie Marion, not my auntie Marion, my auntie Margaret, no. You wouldn't think they had the same parents. I mean, she's like, she's really strict, really. She had rules that didn't make sense to me. When I was a teenager, she told me there's only one point in life where my feet shouldn't be on the floor, and that's when I go to bed. I said, do you know how tall I am? If I sit in a seat, my feet don't touch the floor. (laughs) But she meant that I couldn't sit on seats upside down. I couldn't sit in the seats with my feet up. She said, that's not how we do things, Stephen. You need to be prim and proper. Feet on the floor, unless you're sleeping. She asked me to cook one day. I was about 13. She says, so her kids cooked all the time. My mum let me cook, but I could only cook what I liked. So still only cook what I like. So I said, oh, no problem. I'll make tea. Well, they all went out and all came back. And I had made the perfect dinner. I mean, I'll tell you what it is, but you you will be hungry. I took a banana and I took some chili powder, hot chili powder, all over the banana. Perfect. Okay. Wrapped it in cheese. No, wrapped it in ham and then wrapped it in cheese and then melted the cheese on it and stuck it in a bun. It's like a hot dog, but better. <laughs> and we sat in my auntie's like, what is this? I went, just enjoy. <laughs> she didn't. Um, my auntie Glenn would have loved it. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Family, we're all different. If you look around the room, there's some people in here you think, wow, they're fun to be with. There's other people in the room going, okay. <laughs> But we're family, and that means we need to go out our way with people who we get on with or people that we don't get on with. The idea is that we're called together to be one. A few years ago, we, I was part of a, a group, a talking group, where we were talking about what's going on within the church. I don't know if you noticed over the last, probably over the last last six, seven years, that we're seeing an exodus of young people leaving the church. They say it's almost in the late 80% of of kids who've grown up in church, um, you know what I mean, who've been part of church, all that. As soon as they go to university in the first year, 80% are leaving their faith behind. And they said, what has gone wrong? 
And as they looked and as we talked and as we trying to figure out what, what has gone wrong, something stuck in my mind. He says, churches, and I was in a big church then, he said, churches have great youth programs, you know what I mean, lots of things to do. But actually, it's easy to leave a program. It's hard to leave a family. Maybe the church has lost this value that we are family, that we, we, we're here for one another, no matter what age, that our teenagers need to know that in a, in a room like this, that we are there for them. We're called to be family. Family eats, a family that eats together, sticks together. That's why we should be, why we should be hospitable to one another. Why we should be eating in each other's home. Because we do need each other. And you know what I mean? And we, we don't know. We turn up here on a Sunday morning and we're all nice, aren't we? I mean, we're all quite polite. We smile. You know what I mean? If we say the grace, we'll turn round and smile and, and nod and high five. But we don't really know what's going on in people's lives. You know, there's people here, I imagine this morning, who's really struggling, who really need someone to stand beside them. To, you know what I mean? That, 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 that grip that faith that hope sometimes you need people just to stand by and to remind you of the call that we have and we only find out that when we're in and out each other's lives i encourage you open your homes and your hearts to one another get to know each other deeply and care it was exciting, the early church, wasn't it? I, I, I love when the church, that 3,000 people became Christians on one day, from nothing to a massive group. Can you imagine that? You know I mean, most people say, that's really exciting. If you're a church leader, that is a nightmare. You'd now go, how am I going to do house group? This, how are we going to split? You know what I mean? How do we do anything? But the early church, it starts off, and there's, there's this great verse where it just, just describes what's going on. And, and if you're anyway involved in church, we look at this going, oh, they must have been fantastic days. This is what it says. Um, this is Acts chapter 2. It says, they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising and enjoying the favor of all the people and of God. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They broke bread in their homes. In them days, that, that really meant, it wasn't like what we do today, you know, with that teeny little bit that you have. Imagine if we did coffee that way. You can only have a thimble of coffee. You want a biscuit? <laughs> Dip it in the coffee. Fun. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like that. When, when it's church started, when it talked about they broke bread in their homes, they would have a meal. And part of that meal is where we'd break bread and remember the Lord. It was meals. They were sharing together in their homes. Every day, they were inviting each other back. They were in and out their lives, even though there were thousands of them. 
they had this something, this common thing together. I cannot say it as much as what I am. We're family. We need to learn to live like family, to care like family. Please open your hearts, your home to one another. Right, that's that one. Let's go. Second reason. I put a bigger picture because our family gets bigger and bigger. Okay, second reason. Because we might meet an angel. You know, there's a verse in the Bible. It said that Stephen had the face of an angel. (laughs) All right, maybe not this angel, sir. But but they say this. Let me just get that verse up. We might meet an angel. It says... um, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Imagine that, that you, you could take an angel home into your house. Look around, there may be an angel in the room. Well disguised if there is, but there, there, there might be. The, you know what I mean? Uh, this, I think this idea comes from, from when Sarah and Abraham were, were, were around and they, they had these strangers come, these three strangers, and they thought w- w- their custom was to welcome people in. And so they ran to the strangers and said, oh, you must come, you must come to our place and eat. Come and, come and share. And they, they served the people. They cooked the best food. They got a calf which always reminds me of the fatty calf. They, 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 the calf, and they gave honey, and, uh, not honey, milk and curds and, uh, to, to this thing. And, and it says that Abraham didn't sit down and eat with them. He stood and served them. And then to his surprise, these were no ordinary visitors. They were messengers from God. And they came with the news that he and Sarah were going to have a child. Imagine, imagine if a messenger turned up and you got a chance to meet him. It says it in the Bible. Some of you might meet angels. I I love this story. The New Testament is full of stories of angels. Anyone know who Rhoda is in the Bible? Excellent, well done. It's this name. Not mentioned anywhere else except for one story. It's this story where, where Peter's in prison. He wakes up uh, to find an angel in the cell with him. He's in prison. It's the angel, so can't even I, I can't even wake him up. I think he has to give him a kick or something. He wakes up and goes, oh, what's going on? He says, get your clothes on. We're doing a breakout. So Peter gets stressed. And every time he walks up to the door, the door just opens. Guards just don't seem to notice him. And, and eventually it says when he, when he hits the fresh air outside, he realizes he's just walked out of prison. And of course, back at, back at the prayer meeting, everyone's praying for Peter, saying, let's pray that God is with him. Let's say a pray that God steps in and does something. So, so Peter gets to the prayer meeting. Everyone's going nuts upstairs praying for, for, for Peter. And he, he knocks the door. And so someone sends, Rhoda, go and get the door. Rhoda runs down and opens, opens a little flap or whatever and goes, yeah? He goes, it's Peter. <gasps> she screams, shuts the door, runs upstairs and goes, Peter's at the door. <laughs> Peter's downstairs going, I can break out of prison, can't seem to break into the prayer meeting. <laughs> and uh, they all said, oh, oh, that's bad news. Maybe Peter's died. Maybe that's his spirit. <laughs> it's like, maybe someone should get the door. So they ran down and opened the door. And it was Peter being rescued from prison 
by an angel. Come on, we must know the stories in Old Testament, New Testament. Who can tell me a story where there's an angel? Old Testament, New Testament. Yep. Yep, so they get put in the fire and they see another one. So three becomes four. We reckon that's actually might be more an angel, like someone like the Son of God. Fantastic. Anyone else? Story from, it involves angels. Yes. Jacob. Oh, the, the wrestling one. It wrestles, wrestles, and some puts his hip out. That's a bit like you today going up the stairs. Or, uh, he puts his hip out. He actually rescued, wrestled with God. Yep. Yes. So, and he meets the angel. Was it the angel of the Lord he met? Is it the sort of commander of his hosts or something like that, isn't he? And then the donkey saves him. Yeah, if he'd gone forward, he would have been taken out. Anyone else? Angel stories. You, Gabriel? Yep. So, you know I mean, he turns up and sees almighty warrior. He's like, yeah, I'm kidding, right? That's why I'm hiding in this vat. But yeah, uh, anyone else? The angel at the tomb. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's risen. I love the fact, I don't know if that's that one or another one, where, where these, these soldiers all go, as this angel moves the, the stone and sits on it. I just think that's brilliant. <laughs> these Roman soldiers go, I ain't tackling that. <laughs> Anyone else? Angel appears to Mary. Gabriel appears to Mary. He says, surprise! <laughs> yep. Joseph, yeah, in a dream. Slightly different, isn't it? But, but in a dream, yep. Oh, you need to go back because there are hundreds in, in the Bible. It's actually quite, quite... Now, here's a question. Okay, we've done encounters in the Bible. Has anyone ever thought that they may have met an angel? Oh, Reggie. Have we got time for Reggie to tell our story? Yes. On the 1st of March... 1971, when I visited my then-girlfriend in Ashton Keynes. Um, I visited her, or attempted to visit her the year before, and I ended up in hospital with my legs broken five places after a motorbike accident. Okay, I thought you were going to say after a brother's. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I visited her when I got a car, and when I came out of her house um, around about half 11, 12 o'clock, snow and a blizzard, um, almost complete whiteout. I managed to get through Siren Sister and was coming along the 8th or the 9th. Um, I could barely see one up where I was going. I was down to sort of 20, 25 miles an hour. Um, anyway, due to my inexperience, I managed to turn the car over. It, it spun in a curve in the road. And I ended up in Siren Sister Park trees basically with the car upside down. Um, on that journey I had not seen any soul, not another car, not anybody, not anything. Um, anyway, I sort of managed to release my seatbelt, get out of my car, and its engines running, ticking over upside down in the trees. And uh, I thought, you know, it's getting a bit late, how am I gonna get over? Anyway, out of nowhere a person walked and helped me put the car back on its wheels. Um, I hadn't seen them at all anywhere, and the moment that I sort of got myself together and got in the car, this person... Wow. There were no footprints other than mine. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. We all 
maybe that girl wasn't right for you, Reggie, is all I'm saying. <laughs> you didn't marry that one, did you? <laughs> Anyone else got a story about an angel? Maybe even got... Oh, lots of hands going up now. This, I, I'm going to go this way. Yes. Give you the mic so we're not all. It was getting late and the sun was going down, and the mist was coming up. I don't know if you've ever been on Dartmoor. This was the first time for me. And I heard stories like the Hounds of the Baskervilles and so on. The mist really comes down, and I was getting a bit petrified. I'd, and I'd lo- completely lost my way. There was no mobile phone signal. I had my phone with me, but there was no signal at all. And I just didn't know what to do. And I just pulled in, and out of nowhere, somebody came, appeared, as it were. And I said, could you direct me to where I'm going? Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Go down this road, turn left, turn right, and so on. Which I did. And lo and behold, I found where I was supposed to be going. I don't know who it was. I don't know where they came from. They just disappeared into the mist. Wow. Wow. Should we do one more? One more? Okay. Who's got an angel story? Oh, Nick. We're going to go that way. Let me... Oh, thanks, Andy. I'm not sure whether it's an angel or whether it's God or what, but I was in um, youth hostel... um, in Adelaide when I was 18, I woke up in the middle of the night and what we read of in Revelation and Jeremiah, wasn't a Christian then, had no idea of the Bible, uh, was at the end of my bed and it was God um, in Revelation, his hair is golden threads and uh, his robe and candelabra um, was speaking to me in a vision that is clear as Catherine sat next to me here now and uh, yeah, and I arrived home from my travels a year later, shared that story with my vicar in the village, and he led me to those two scriptures in Revelation. He said, is that what you saw? I said, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And another time, Jesus was sat with me on the station platform in Twyford. As, again, as clearly as Catherine is sat next to me. And he said, I'm going to make you redundant today. And um, an hour and a half later, he did. Wow. And I could give you a couple of others. It's, just, it's staggering. It's incredible, isn't it? So, stories of angels. The, the, the thing that I get is, is this idea that, that God is up to something. He's doing something. And he wants us to join in. And sometimes we have to be open to that, that he may turn up in any form that he chooses or send someone to turn, come and do something. We've just got to be open. And one of the ways that we can be open to that is by being hospitable. That's what it says. Are we open to God? You see, by eating with one another, know this, it is a spiritual exercise. It's something special when we gather in twos and threes. Jesus says, when you gather in twos and threes, I'm there. It's a spiritual thing. If you look at the story of Jesus, you know Jesus had a reputation. It says somewhere, I'm probably going to struggle to find it, but it says somewhere that he had the reputation of being a drunkard and a glutton. Why? 
because he was always having meals, usually with the wrong people, according to the religious leaders. Why are you eating with them? But that's how he did his ministry. It seemed to be that one meal at a time, people were finding God. And I still think that is true. We need to be hospitable to one another. We need to be hospitable to those around us because we just don't know who we're going to bump into. Open our hearts, open our homes to one another. Last thing, why do we need to be hospitable? Because we love God. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. James, who was the brother of Jesus, or half-brother of Jesus, didn't believe in Jesus all the way up. Even in fact, when Jesus was, was crucified, didn't believe in Jesus until the resurrection on the resurrection, the Bible says one of the people that Jesus went to see was his brother. Now, I wouldn't have believed, if, you know what I mean, if I had the brother who turned up and says, oh, by the way, I'm God, I wouldn't believe it. If you've got a brother and sister and one of them popped up with that statement, you wouldn't believe them, would you? So, so, so Jesus, like, you know what I mean, turns up at James' door one night and goes, told ya. <laughs> Imagine what the, the influence, the effect it would be on James. The effect was this, that James had a nickname. He was called Camel Knees. Why? Because he spent so long on his knees, they looked like camel's knees. Why was on his knees so much? Because his half-brother is God. And he comes up with this. You think of all the things he could teach, it says this. This is the royal law. It says if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbors as yourself, then you are doing right. Then you're doing right. My son has just got a new car. It's not a new, new car. It was actually Emma's old car that we bought for my, for my son. And, uh, and we had to get insurance. My insurance for, for you know, I mean, young people, so much money. But what I didn't realize when I got the insurance is they sent me a box. And you've got to put this box in the car and plug it in. And so they can monitor everything about you. Okay, so anyway, we plugged it in the other day. And then Jacob said to me, because I borrowed the car as much as Jacob. In fact, I turned up with Luke to, to, to the young people's event the other day. And all the young people were singing Postman Pat as I turned up. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, this, 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 Jacob, when I got back, he says, Oh, Dad, you've got to stick to the speed limits. They're monitoring us. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Watch your speed. It affects me. <laughs> You break the rules, it affects me. Who's, who's into breaking rules? Any rule breakers? Rules are there to be broken as far as I can tell. Um, I love... I, 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 there was a book. Um, I used to run a club. We had a hundred odd kids who'd come to this club each week. And, you know, I mean, a hundred kids trying to keep control is quite difficult. But I came up with these three rules. Okay, the three rules were simple. It says, do as the leader tells you. If the whistle blows, you must sit on the floor. And the third rule was uh, you must respect everybody. 
Okay, that's the people sat next to you, that's the leaders, everyone. You must respect everyone. That's the three rules. I had people coming from all over the country saying, wow, this is a really good club. How do you keep discipline? I said, I've got these three rules. And then someone, I don't know why they asked, but they blew my, my whole thing and they asked the question, how did you come up with the three rules? And therefore, I had to tell the truth. So I said, well, there's a book by Bernard Como called uh, Sharp. You remember the Sharp series? Sharp, there was a series on TV was, uh, named after the books. And one of the, one of the ones was, um, as, as Sharp became an officer, this dying officer said to Sharp, have three simple rules. And so he came up with three simple rules, which was, don't get drunk unless I give you permission. Don't steal unless you're hungry. And fight as hard as me. That was the sort of three rules. And that's where I got the idea of three rules for this club. Three simple rules that we could keep. And so when they said that, they weren't so impressed. As <laughs> Rules. Rules. We have one rule. That's the only rule that Jesus has given us. Love one another as I have loved you. He didn't come up with, a, with three. He never came up with five or ten. He came up with one. Love one another as I have loved you. Simple, isn't it? It's like going back to Eden. Eden, they had one rule, didn't they? Don't eat from this tree. Do what else you want. That's what he came up with. One rule, love one another as I have loved you. I took Jacob to university. Well, you know the, where you do the tours? We took him to, this is, uh, this is from Exeter, I think. We got there. And uh, when we arrived, he said to me, I, I, I'm not going to come here. So I thought, oh, good. And so uh, when, when I saw that, I thought, oh, everything inside me wants to walk across the grass. Wouldn't it do to you? So after about 10 minutes, especially when he announced me that he wasn't planning to come here, I took my socks and shoes off and walked across the grass. Oh, you should, every eye was on. Oh. And Jacob says, what about the sign? I says, I don't think they're talking about the lawn, son. It's university. <laughs> one rule we have, one rule. John, when he was dying, it says his disciples... John, the, the disciple of Jesus, when, when, when John was a very old man, when he was in his 90s, it said they used to carry him to church in Ephesus. And he used to say the same thing over and over. Love one another. And when the news come to his end, he says, have you got some instruction for us? Have you got some sort of word? And he said, yeah, 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 yeah. Love one another. He said, no, no, we've heard this one. You must have something better than that. He says, no, no, love one another. That's all you need to know. Love one another. You see, if we want to love God, why do we need to be hospitable? Because how we are hospitable is really important because that's how we love God. 
You know, it's not sometimes about coming here and singing songs. It's not about the feelings that we have. Jesus makes it quite plain. He told a story to make it really plain to us. He's told a story. He says, you know, one day you're going to stand before God and he's going to judge you. And he's going to judge you like this. He's going to sort you out like a farmer sorts out the sheep from the goats. And on on one side, he's going to put all the sheep. And the other side, he's going to put all the goats. And he's going to turn to the sheep and he's going to go, well done. Well done. You nailed it. And they're, like, they're all going to go like, well, 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 how do we nail it? And he goes, you know, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Right? I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you came to visit. I was the stranger that you invited in for a meal. And they're looking like, uh, really? When? And Jesus says, when you did it for the least one of these. You did it for me. Then he would turn to the other group and go, oh, oh, you missed it. You failed. And they're like, when? When? How did we fail? He goes, I was hungry and you never gave me anything to eat. I was thirsty and you let me, you let me go without a drink. I was naked and you laughed. I was a stranger and you ignored me. I was in prison and you were ashamed. And he said, when? And Jesus says the same. When you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. It's not, it's not about what you believe, but it's about how we act to one another. If you want to love God, you've got to love one another. That's how we do it. How do you love God? You love him by loving those around us, especially those in the family. Why should we be hospitable? Because that's the rule. The one rule, the one rule that Jesus gave us, to love one another. So here's a challenge. How open is your home? Maybe you, you, you don't have people around so much. Well, here's a challenge. How about once a month you invite someone around? Well, if you're good at it, you might be excellent at it. Maybe your challenge is how about you do it once a week? Maybe you're even better than that. Maybe you should do it like the early church. Every day. Twice a day. Three times a day. It doesn't matter. But the challenge is this. We've got to be hospitable. It's hard to say uh, to one another. We've got to invite each other in. We've got to know each other. And we've got to love each other. Why? Because this is what God wants. Open up your hearts Open up your homes to one another. Love deeply. Let me pray. So, Father, I pray that you speak, that you bless us, that we hear your words, but more importantly, we put them into action. May we be a people who are in and out each other's lives. May we care deeply for one another. Help it not just to be in words, but more in actions, we pray in your name. Amen. I got a video that Scott suggested to me. Do you want to see it? Talks a little bit about this. So uh, watch this. It's crowded in worship today. 
she slips in Trying to fade into the faces The girl's teasing laughter is carrying Farther than they know Farther than they know But if we are the body Why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body Why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? There is a way There is a way A traveler is far away from home And he sheds his coat And quietly sinks into the back row of their judgmental glances tells him that his chances are better out on the road but if we are the body why aren't his arms reaching why aren't his hands healing why aren't his words teaching and if we are the body For us to pick and choose who should come We are the body of Christ If we are the body Why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body Why aren't his feet going? his hand